Good listeners and family, this is Pastor Ian Postman from the Cross Ministries and I'm so glad that you could be with us again today listening to the Word of God and uh, I pray that God's Word will really touch your life as you, as you sit under the teaching of God's Word and that uh, the Word of God will really come to you, wash your soul, renew your mind, change the way you think in the mighty name of Jesus. So I want to just commit this time to the Lord in prayer and then from there I believe the Holy Spirit will really open up some, some wonderful truths. Uh, out of out of the word of God and reveal Jesus to us more and more. So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, and I commit this time of fellowship. I commit this time of teaching out of your word uh, to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will once again reveal Christ Jesus to the hearts of the listeners, that they'll be strengthened and encouraged and built up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and Lord, we thank you once again for for great things that are coming in 2017, Father. Father, we thank you that we enter the new year with expectation. We enter the new year believing that the best is yet to come because you're a good, good Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. So today I want to touch on a subject specifically called the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, And this is a very, very, very important foundational subject to the Christian life and, and to everything that we do in life as things as Christians is that the, the, the fundamental understanding of Jesus Christ as Lord and as King is critical to the way we pursue and the way we live our Christian lives. So the scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 reads, In the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So the foundation of New Testament revelation is the Lordship of Jesus Christ and our submission to Him. Our lives have their fulfillment under the Lordship of Christ, but living without recognizing Him as Lord, there can be little meaning to our existence. The self-centered Christian is usually an unhappy person, seldom liked by others or even by themselves. So, You and I, or we were not made to be the center of our own universe. We were born again by the Holy Spirit to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. When we are submissive and surrendered to Christ, God's perfect will and purposes are fulfilled in us and through us. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 says, The good and acceptable and perfect will of God is attained by presenting ourselves a living sacrifice. The first sermon in the church era proclaimed, God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom he crucified. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Surrendered to Christ's dominion, our lives take on significance, meaning, value, and objectives. If you do not know him as Lord, you experience frustration, defeat, and protracted immaturity. So submission and dedication brings to the believer the end of confusion and spiritual blocks and the beginning of the dynamic and spirit-led life. But this submission is not easy to attain. No man can say, Jesus is Lord, but by or in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 3. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 25, the scripture reads, For whosoever would save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. 
So God the Father delivered us out of the power of darkness, and He translated us into the kingdom of His Son, of the Son of His love. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. The formula for Christian confession given by the Apostle Paul was, If you confess with thy mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in thy heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. So personal salvation should not only mean that we receive Jesus as our personal saviors or the acknowledgement that he died on the cross as our savior for our sins, but it should also indicate a change of allegiance. So there's got to be a change of, of rulership of the heart. So when we, when we only receive Jesus Christ as a savior and we don't receive him as Lord, what subsequently happens is that we, we, we have this outward experience and we just think that Jesus dying on the cross was an historical fact, which it is. But I think when the gospel comes to us and we, and we thank him for the fact that he died for our sins, but we don't just leave it there. We, we, we tie it up and say, because I know of his great love for me, because I know that he died for my sins on the cross and because I know that I could not save myself, what kind of love is this? And now I come and I say, now I willingly surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And that effectively means that now I get off the throne of my own life and the throne of my own heart. And I enthrone him as Lord of my heart, Lord of my life. In effect, I'm saying that in the past, I used to have my own dreams, my own plans, the things that I wanted to do. I mapped out. I was the ruler and the king of my own life and of my own heart. But now that I've met Jesus and I've enthroned him as Lord of my heart, that is the beginning of experiencing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a kingdom. And in a kingdom, it's not a democracy. It's not, it doesn't function like a democracy. In a kingdom, there's a king and there's citizens of that kingdom. And there's only one who has the final say, and that's the king. And when the Bible talks about Jesus Christ being the king above all kings and the Lord above all lords. So often media portrays him as, as just a weak, fragile man who was just beaten and bruised and was crucified. But so often we don't, when we see him, who he is now and the book of John, John writes a book of Revelation and he depicts a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that picture it says, and his eyes were like fire. His hair was white as, 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 as wool feet of brass and he depicts this glorious risen picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in all his glory and his splendor and his power and the Lord utters these words I, I am the beginning and I'm the end I'm the alpha and the omega in other words life starts with me and life ends with me everything everything starts with me and it ends with me the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the author the beginner the the the, the, the originator the author and the finisher of our faith. So everything begins and ends with the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing that we see in life. That is, there is nothing that is in existence today that did not come out of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Christ is not just a fictitious character. He's not just someone who walked the earth 2,000 years ago. He was actually, he's actually both Lord and Christ. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And we preach him as king and we proclaim Christ as king. And when people are submitted to the lordship of Christ, the kingdom comes into their hearts and is manifested in their lives 
in great ways. Jesus made it very clear. Many times in the scriptures he would write and say, uh, um, for example, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, For whosoever would save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. It's a bit of a contrast, because human nature teaches us to save ourselves, and says, hold on to your life, hold on to your plans, hold on to your desires, hold on to the things that you want to do. But here Jesus encourages and and instructs us, he says, whosoever will save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it again. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that amazing? Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 again. The Bible says, And God the Father delivered us, delivered us out of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So when you got born again, you were literally taken out of sin, uh, Satan's domain, Satan's darkness, Satan's rulership and reign, Satan's domination. And you were placed into the, the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing that we want to say is, is that, number one, no one can truly be saved until they've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Let me say that again. No one can truly be saved until they acknowledge and receive Jesus Christ as Lord. You see, there's a big difference, and there's, sometimes there's a big confusion, because you find the average person will easily acknowledge that Jesus is Savior, and they'll easily acknowledge that He died for their sins, but they won't acknowledge Him as Lord. Because when you acknowledge Him as Lord, then you are actually saying that I'm no longer the master and the ruler of my life, I don't just do what I want. I'm not just accountable to me. I have a master that I report into. I have a master that I'm accountable to. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever is pleasing to him, I will receive into my life. Whatever is displeasing to him, even though it might be pleasing to me, I will let go of what is seemingly pleasing to me and I'll embrace what is is pleasing to him. So when Christ is Lord, it lays the foundation for your Christian life. You cannot be born again truly without confessing Jesus Christ as curious, master, Lord, supreme authority in your heart and in your life. That's the first thing. The second thing is, declaring Him as Lord has got the corresponding fruit or the corresponding obedience. Now, let me say this quickly. There will be a lot of people that will try to obey the Lord, without truly having their heart transformed and declaring Him as Lord of their lives. So you need a new nature. You need a brand new nature in order to truly walk in obedience. If you still have the old nature, it means that the gospel, you don't fully understand the gospel, you don't believe the gospel, and trying to obey the Lord out of your own, without having the transformed heart that comes as a result of being born again by the Spirit of God, is only leading to dead works. So we are not people who are, we, 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 we first enthrone Him as Lord, and then He gives us the grace and the ability in our hearts to carry out what He, he demands and what He wants. So it's not, it's not, first let me show the Lord how I can obey Him. It is let me enthrone Him first as Lord of my life, Lord of my, and I get off the throne of my own life, Now I'm born again by the Spirit of God. I'm saved. And because I'm saved, I have a new nature. And through that new nature, I am now empowered to live out this 
you know, the Christian life. But there's got to be a willingness, and I'm speaking to Christians, those who have already received Jesus Christ as Lord. There's got to be a, a, a willingness, there's got to be a desire to declare the word of God and the word of the king as supreme authority in every sense of the word. So in other words, if you're currently in a, in a, in a specific relationship with someone and you know that this relationship is, is not of the Lord, it's not aligning with the word of the king, for example, but you really love this individual and you think this person is the only person for you and whatever the case is, but it's in clear disobedience to the word of the king. There'll be times when you'll have to make decisions. You'll have to get, you'll have to break off that relationship and trust God and wait on the Lord for the right time um, and for the right person that, that he'll bring into your life. And sometimes those kind of lordship decisions are very difficult for people to make because our souls are so attached to so many things. And so when the word of God comes to us, it challenges us in our souls. Our souls really get challenged by God's word. But it's in those moments that regardless of what I feel, if I can obey the word of God anyway, we'll start to see later on that God's plans for us are actually far better than our plans for ourselves. So the first thing is, when you understand God's amazing love for you, number one, it's easy to trust Him. Number two, it's easy to surrender, relinquish control of your life over to the Lordship of Christ because you understand His intention for you is good. He is a good God. His intention is good. He's a God of love. He's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of mercy. He's a God who really wants to bless you in every way, shape, form. He's a Father who is so loving. And once you understand his heart is one of love, you'll realize that all his dealings come to us, but it's all, it, all of it has the motive of love. So even when correction comes to us from the word, even when discipline in the house of God comes to us, it's never to injure. It is always because God has got our best interests as a good loving father. He has our best interests at heart. So the Bible says, blessed are they that love the correction of God's word. Blessed are they that love their law, and nothing, the Bible says, shall offend them. So when you love him enough to receive both correction, both good things, and not just take out the, the sweet things out of the word of God and leave out the things that challenge us, but really embrace everything that the word brings to us, the word of the king brings to us, our lives become so well-rounded, and we start to see the manifestation of great blessing in our lives in Jesus' name. So lordship is not, is not easy. It's not, I'm not going to say that it's, it's easy. Jesus never minced his words when he beckoned people and called people to follow him. He, um, he made some very, very challenging statements in the word of God. He made some really, really challenging statements to people. Um, there was once a time when a guy in, in the scriptures had a father that he needed to bury. The father had passed away and uh, Jesus had said, come and follow me. And his response to Jesus was, let me first go and bury my mother, or let me first go bury my father, and uh, bid him farewell, and then I'll come and follow you. And the response of Jesus to this man was really, really it, it looked very insensitive at the time. I mean, if you are put yourself in the position of this man, and you'd maybe lost your father, and you just wanted to go and attend his funeral and bid farewell, and here Christ comes and says, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go, you come and follow me, or you go and preach the kingdom of God. And so Jesus' lordship, uh, number one, requires that there is nothing and no one 
in our hearts that take a higher priority than him. Now, the three areas or the two areas, really, that we get really tested in, uh, in the the area of, of lordship is in the area of our relationships. That's the one. And the area of money. That's the other one. And the reason why these two areas are so, so, so testing when it comes to the principle of declaring Jesus as Lord of our lives is because it's in those two areas where most people have the greatest value. So people value their closest relationships first, whether that be mother, father, brother, sister, friend, girlfriend, whatever the case may be, and they value money. Those are the two things that really represent value in people's lives. And so when Jesus said that, unless you hate, now obviously he was not referring to the as in hate, as in hatred, but he was saying, unless you hate mother, father, brother, sister, you can't be, you cannot be my disciple. You can't be my disciple. He wasn't saying that you need to you need to hate them in the evil sense of the word. He was just saying that unless you prioritize my kingdom and my purpose, even above the relationships that are the closest to you, you cannot follow me. You can't be my disciple. He says, no man can serve two masters, referring to the issue of money. He says, no man can serve two masters. He will love the one and he will hate the other. He will be loyal to the one. And he will despise the other. And he says, no man can serve God and mammon. And those two areas are the two greatest areas in the Christian life that we get tested in regarding the Lordship of Christ. What's going to happen if your best friend decides not to be your friend anymore? Because you've stood your ground for the word of God. What's going to happen if you get persecuted and ostracized by your family? Because you took a stand for the kingdom. You took a stand for Jesus Christ and the truth of Jesus Christ. What's going to happen? What's going to happen if, 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 if you're placed in positions where, where your girlfriend or your boyfriend is clearly not following the Lord Jesus Christ and you are, or you have a desire to follow him and suddenly it's causing a bit of a rift in the relationship? Will you quickly acknowledge that perhaps this relationship is not of God? Perhaps this boyfriend or girlfriend is not the one that God wants for me? Will you be able to terminate that relationship regardless of how you feel because you want to go God's way? And these are some really pressing, pressing questions and answers that that our decisions in those moments can either propel us and move us to the next phase of our development in the Lord or genuinely keep us in grade one in spiritual things. And so many times these are the, these are the kind of questions that that a lot of us don't want Christ. You know, we... we We want to surrender 80% of our lives to him, but that 20% that really represents true value to us, we don't want to put that on the altar. We don't want to put that on the altar. When your pastor says to you that, honor the Lord what you're giving, and suddenly it's the easiest thing in the world to spend your money on yourself, but it's the hardest thing to honor God with the very same resources that he's given you. And it's in those areas where where, where our lordship, where where the principle of Jesus being Lord, not only of the things that I surrendered to him, but Lord over the very things that also represent the most value to me. Will I be able to give money? Will I be able to give the very thing that represents my security, money, wealth, to serve the purposes of God? Is money my God? Is money the one that supplies my need? Or is it actually, am I trusting and looking to my Father to supply all my need? So, so all of those things, when, when, when Christ has not been declared primarily as Lord, 
supreme authority of our lives. We end up battling in these kind of areas. And every Christian will get tested in these areas. You will get tested in the areas of your relationships. You will get tested in the area of money, in the area of finances. You're going to be tested. And uh, it's, it's only when we learn by grace to pass those tests, regardless of how difficult they are, that Christ now says, you know, I'm actually Lord of this man's life. I am complete ruler. I am complete ruler. I am the curious. I am the master and the ruler. And once Christ is Lord fully, the kingdom of God is so greatly manifest and demonstrated in our lives that um, we start to see great, great things happening. And so often we, we read the words of Jesus and we say, wow, wow, this, 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 this lordship thing is, is not, really what I, it's not really what I anticipated. I know that he's a good God. But this lordship thing, but what happens when he comes and challenges me in areas that perhaps I, I don't want to be challenged in? What happens if he comes and, and uh, questions and, and, and the word of God begins to really speak to my heart concerning things that I value? The question is, do I value what I value higher than what I value the Lord? If the answer to that is yes, then maybe Christ is not Lord of our lives as, as what we would like to believe. Maybe he's partially Lord. But one person famously said that Christ, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. If Christ is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So there cannot be partial surrender. There they can't be a 50% yieldedness to the Lord. And the rest of the 50% is my life. Jesus Christ is more precious than that. He's more glorious than that. And when he comes into our lives, he really wants all of us. And he wants to clean it up. And he really wants to make a change. But he cannot be sharing, sharing your life with you. You can't be renting in a side room in your heart while you have 80% of the house. He needs to be Lord of all. And I think this is very appropriate heading into 2017 and positioning us as a church and as a ministry regarding, regarding reevaluating our commitments <clears throat> to the purposes of the Lord and to the Lord. 2017 will be challenging, challenging to many of us personally. Because there'll be things that we'll really we'll, we'll have to really see where we are with this lordship thing. Are we people that are 100% into this thing? Are we 90%? Are we 80%? Are we 60%? Are we 50%? Where are we with regards to surrendering fully to the lordship of Christ? And then it's not just a verbal thing. It's not just, oh Lord, I declare you as lord of my life verbally. Because when you declare him as lord of your life, believe me, there will be some sort of test and manifestation that will verify your confession. Your confession needs to be verified. It needs God needs to verify whether what is in whether what you're saying, whether what is in your heart, you truly mean. So you'll be tested in those two areas significantly: the area of your relationships and in the area of money. Those two areas, which generally have the hearts of people, those are the two areas where you will be tested significantly. And I pray, it's my prayer that when you do identify these things, that you will get off the throne of your own life and enthrone Christ once again as Lord of your life. If you've not made Jesus Lord of your life, maybe you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you say, Pastor Ian, I, I don't know what you're saying resonates with me, but I've never made Jesus Christ Lord of my life. 
I've never understood the principle of lordship. I've, I've never understood what it meant to actually make him lord of my life. I've been trying to fight things in the flesh. I've been trying to do things out of my own strength. And every single time I'm trying to be lord of my own life, it just, just doesn't seem to be working out. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're listening to this. Right where you are, if you prepare to open your heart right now and say, Jesus Christ, take everything. Take my life. Take my relationships. Take everything that I've been holding on to, being the Lord of my own life. Lord, I get out of the way, and I enthrone you now as King and Lord of my life. If that's you, pray with me. Just pray this prayer out loud wherever you are. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for being raised from the dead on the third day. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that you are truly Lord. And right now I surrender to you. I bow my knee and I bow my heart to you and I ask you to come in and be Lord of my life. Rule my heart. Lead my life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you pray that prayer right now, Christ has listened. He's come in and he's enthroned. He's enthroned as Lord of your life. Get plugged into a good Bible-believing church. The church that can strengthen you and continue to teach you the ways of the King so that you can surrender every area of your life progressively as your mind gets changed and renewed so that Christ may be manifest mightily in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for listening. I trust that you are greatly blessed and that you learned something from this podcast. I pray that you'll apply the Word of God and not just be a hearer but a doer also of the Word. And as the Word comes to you and strengthens you, reevaluate where you are concerning the issue of Lordship. Is it an issue that has been resolved and are you going all the way with Christ? Is it an issue that perhaps is areas of your life that you have not submitted and brought under His Lordship? I'd encourage you to do so. The Holy Spirit will speak to you regarding those areas. Surrender them to the Lordship of Christ. Walk in obedience to His Word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Until next time, have a blessed, blessed, blessed 2017. The best is yet to come. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. to do